the Lord. Amen. How many really want to see the Lord? Amen. I believe soon. I believe soon. Amen. The church is going to get to see our Lord. Turn around, shake somebody's hand this morning. Tell them you're glad to see him in Sunday school. Amen. Get our ushers to come and lift up our Sunday school offering today. Amen. A couple ushers come forward. Amen. Lift up our Sunday school offering. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lift up the offering, guys. Thank you, Lord. Amen. How many is glad to be in Sunday school this morning? Amen. Amen. We're going to lift up our offering, and then we're going to have a word of prayer. I'm so thankful this morning for a good day. I know that, uh, amen, this is uh, the day that the Lord has made. Uh, stand with me all over this place, and we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. I know there's a multitude of needs. Just uh, remember all those uh, that really are really are in dire strait with the Lord. Uh, let's pray for one another today. Amen. Hold your hands up high. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for our class. Thank you, Lord, God, for our Sunday school, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day, God, that you've given us, Lord. God, we pray that you'll bless, Lord. God, that you'll speak to us, God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to draw near to you, Lord. God, we ask you, Lord God, for these, Lord God, that's in our class, God, that you would watch over them, God, be with them, Lord. God, wherever they are, Lord, today, I pray, God, that you help them. God, watch over their travels, Lord Jesus. God, send healing, Lord, deliverance to those, Lord God, that are in need today. In the precious name of Jesus, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Amen, 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 amen. Give the Lord a good hand of praise this morning. Amen. It's an honor today to it's an honor today to have our first lady going to speak to us this morning. So, amen. You can come on. Amen. You can be seated. I I want to say uh, you're in trouble. I've seen her notes on the table, and it looked like a whole folder full of notes. So I told her I said, now you realize you only got a limited time. And I'm taking up some of it right now. Amen. Amen. I've got to get my water. And I got my handkerchief. Um, my, my notes, I have a lot of pages, but I have written out scriptures in my notes because my Bible is falling apart. And I was afraid I'd get up here and it'd all fall out. But I feel safe with it by me. So I'm going to keep it up here. Always, the Word of God, always good. I want to praise the Lord to everybody here. I was thinking this morning, you know, you're all my family, so I shouldn't be so nervous. And um, I feel like God gave me this. So that kind of helped a lot. I'm going to teach today. I'm going to teach today on the two main ingredients for a good Christian life: is prayer and praise. Um, I'm going to read Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful for nothing, yes, stand, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, that your requests be made be made unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Bishop, would you pray? You may be seated. I got this thought as I was out pulling weeds one day. I haven't 
felt really good all summer, and I just not felt like doing anything in my yard. And so one day I thought, I'm going to go out and pull some weeds around my flower beds, and they would not come up. I pulled and I pulled and nothing would come up, and I thought, I've always been able to pull these weeds up. So what, what's going on? And the Lord said, you've left them untended for a long time. And to me, that was him saying, that's how we need to be as people of God. We need to pray. We need to praise. That's very important. When I first got in church, the Lord really instilled in me prayer. You know, I, I always felt like I could, could talk to God and he would talk to me. And I'm thankful that God gave me that gift, too, that of tongues interpretation that I could hear his voice. Jesus spoke to my heart that day and, and just kind of made me think, we need to really examine ourselves because I want to make heaven my home. I want to be ready when the Lord comes. These weeds had a stronghold on this plant. And that's what happens to us. If we're not praying and fasting and getting to the house of God and getting strength from each other, we're going to get strongholds on us, and it's going to keep us down. And I think that's prayer is what helps get those away. Life is hard. It's really been hard these last few years for our family. You know, but we've kept going. I'm not here for a pity party, but I'm just showing you what God can do. He can instill in you something that's above your flesh. He can put in, you, in your spirit a desire to go on and serve and hold your head up and keep going. And I feel like we are examples to each other. You know, if I was to come in here and say, I can't go on and just, you know, quit and just give up, what would you think of me? Where's my light shining? We battle sickness. We battle hurt feelings, disappointments, bitterness, grief, and that's just a few things. We have a, a, a lady here in our church, Sister Rose, and to me, she is the most precious thing that I've ever known. That lady just goes on. She lost a daughter to a terrible, terrible accident when we first got our church. Then later in life, she lost a daughter-in-law. Then on later, she lost another daughter-in-law that took her life. And then later, she lost a daughter and a son-in-law in a terrible crash. And she was here the next Sunday in church. To me, that is, that is God. That's pure God in here, holding her up and helping her. So if we can just realize where our help comes from and learn to trust Jesus, we would be praying and seeking him more. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18, it says, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything. Everything give thanks. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you come in here and you're really down. You know, when I come into church and I feel like, I'm pretty bound. I hit the prayer room, you know, and sometimes I don't get here in time to get in there, but I love to hit the prayer room. It's the best place we can be. You need to continuing instant in prayer. It says not just when you got time for it or in a mess, 
you don't just pray when something happens in your life. You keep that Holy Ghost prayed up. It says, pray without ceasing. When you do this, you will always be full of God's spirit and ready for whatever comes at you. Your lamp will be full as the five virgins in Matthew 25, 113. I was teaching my ladies prayer group, and I have some ladies in there that, uh, a couple, just a couple that aren't in, you know, doesn't understand the Holy Ghost. And I was telling them, you know, about, I always feel like the Holy Ghost is our healing and like a balloon. And I feel like if it's full, we're going to make rapture. I said, we got to keep that Holy Ghost full. You got to pray and fast and you got to, you got to keep close to God. So Matthew 25, 1, 13, 1 through 13, it says, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamp and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamp has gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. They weren't ready. Their lamps weren't full. They probably just didn't take time. We got to pray, people. We've got to pray. I kind of feel bad because I missed Friday night prayer service here. <laughs> thought, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up here and talk about prayer, and I missed Friday night, but... My sister had a birthday, and I had to be there, so I had an excuse. And so it says, And they, while they went out to buy the, bride, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Would you want that door shut on you? That's a scary thought. Every day I get up and say, God, if there's anything in me, fix it, because I want to make heaven my home. And, you know, each year I get closer to going home because, you know, if he doesn't come, I'm older. So, you know, I'm not going to live forever. So every day I just say, Lord, let me be ready. This oil that is mentioned is an example of us and our temples being full of the Holy Ghost. A lot of you have been in church a long time and you know this, but we have some that doesn't. Our vessels need to be full. When things happen or we get bad news or we're sick, we can handle it. You know, I remember I was in Toys R Us, and I was with one of my grandsons shopping for them a birthday present, and I got a call from my daughter, and she had, was in the ER, and they were telling her that she had a cancerous tumor in her kidney, and they were getting ready to set her up to be, you know, examined more, and they had already given her uh, a prescription for nausea because they felt like she's going to have to have chemo. So I'm in Toys R Us, and I thought, what am I to do? But you know what? My vessel was full. I got through that. The Lord had me 
just had me in a peace that passes all understanding. And we actually left there. I didn't tell, I forget which grandson, but I, we didn't tell him. And we went to eat Chinese, of course. We went, to, we went to eat Chinese. And I sat there and I just kept praying. It says, how do we become full of God's spirit, the Holy Ghost? Prayer, prayer and getting a relationship with Jesus will make you want to read your Bible. It'll make you want to fast. To me, fasting is umpent. Uh, just gets that more, you know, more to the prayer. And it works because I found whenever I fast that the Lord uses me more in the services, you know. Be faithful to church. Work in the kingdom. And if you have this prayer, this Holy Ghost is full in you, you want to do these things. You want to do anything that you can do. I was talking to a sister the other night, and we were talking about some had missed coming to the prayer, and she said, but that's what we do. We come when the doors are open. We come here because that's what we do. All these things come from the ingredient of prayer in your life. If you're not praying, then you will find yourself bound like that plant was and not able to free yourself to praise. My husband had to actually get the weed eater and kill them. I couldn't pull them. That's how strong they were. In Luke 22, 39 and 40, God spoke to his disciples at the Garden of Gethsemane. He asked Peter, John, and James to stay awake and pray with him. And then he, it said, And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And then in Luke 45, 46, And when he rose from prayer, he was come to his disciples, and he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep? Ye rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. God spoke temptation twice. You know, prayer keeps you from temptation. This world is full of things that could tempt you. All over. You can be watching it like an Andy Griffith show and a commercial come on that's just terrible. I mean, it's just sad. I don't know. I'm not ever been where I didn't have a TV, but I'm getting there. It's, it's pretty raunchy anymore. I just read. You're safe when you read. But prayer keeps us from being tempted. It makes us strong and full of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, he said, if you pray, I will be there for you, and I will watch over you, and I will help you. He's spoken that to many, many a times. I had a dream one time that this was at, when I was at another church, and we were all in a room, and there was something outside the door, and I knew it was evil. And there was people in there that was in the church with me, and they were all asleep. And I kept trying to wake them up because I said, we got to get out of here. we got to get up to the mountain. And I couldn't wake them up, and I woke up, and the Lord said, they have gone to sleep, and they're not where I want them to be anymore. They've lost their desire to serve me. And I thought, God, don't let me ever be that way. Always keep me ready to serve you. You know, days, it's hard some days. But we need to really put a desire in our heart. If you can just get up and pray in the morning, 
your whole day will be better. I always try to get up, and I always, to me, music all my life, even when I went in church, I love music. You had to know my mother. My mother had a jukebox in her living room, <laughs> and she loved her music. And my little Adam would go over there, and Mom went in church then, and she'd play some country music. He'd say, Grandma, is that something I'm supposed to listen to? And she just would get so, feeling so bad and convicted. She said, I don't know what to do. said, I can't play my jukebox with him. But we would go over there. She had lights fixed in her living room that blinked to the jukebox. I mean, my mom walked to a different drum, I'll tell you that. But we was able to get her in church, baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. She, she had a little dementia, and I moved her in with me. And she would slip up sometimes. And I'd say, Mama, you don't say those things. You're a Christian. She'd say, I am. <laughs> but the Lord told me that was a sickness, you know, and it wasn't going to count. It would be all right. And when she passed away, my sister and I were singing to her. And we looked over, and my nephew was at the end of the bed, and Mama was just speaking in tongues. Just because I wanted the Lord to make sure, show me that she's going to make heaven. Make sure. Because she had said some things earlier. You know, when she was not very good with her dementia. So when these, these disciples failed to pray and they fell asleep, when the soldiers came to Jesus, they all fell apart, didn't they? One even cut off a soldier's ear. They, they just couldn't handle that when it came. They couldn't handle the battle. I wasn't brought up in an apostolic Holy Ghost-filled church. I was raised in a church where the pastor taught speaking in tongues was of the devil. And I had gone to church with my friend during the weekdays, and it was a, a church that spoke in tongues. And I thought, that is so neat. But when my pastor got up and said that, I thought, well, I can't go back to that church anymore. Or I might have got in church at a young age because I was around 15 and 16. But... I finally decided to visit an apostolic church because I got in a family that was apostolic. And it was one of those services. You know how they are. There was a lady over in the corner. She was carrying on. and To me, sounded like, kind of like a chicken. And she was carrying. I thought, what in the world? And uh, another man was running. And it was just one of those services. There was, everybody was shouting and carrying on. And I remember thinking, what have I got myself into? And all at once, I felt God, and I wanted to run to the altar and shout hallelujah myself. Oh, I praise God, and I did end up at the altar. I ended up down there, and the lady said, Honey, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? And I said, Oh, I've been baptized. She said, But how? And I said, Well, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. She said, Oh, honey, you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. So I thought, Anything these people say, I'm going to believe it. I have never felt that. It was what I was searching for all my life. I thought, I ought to be able to hear God. I ought to be able to know what he says to me. I ought to be able to feel something. I remember in the Baptist church wanting to clap my hands, and I thought, people's going to get mad at me. My mama took me to the music store and bought me a tambourine. I wasn't even apostolic, but I got me a tambourine. And I sat in my room and sang and played my tambourine. So, see, I think I was born apostolic. And just didn't find the church till later in life. Yes, hallelujah. Well, I, uh, I got tickled because my father-in-law, you know, he was always telling me and helping me. And 
we would have prayer meetings and we'd have small group prayer meetings at our homes and that's where I learned to pray. My, my father-in-law, also known as Grandpa Purdue, is a prayer warrior and he taught me to pray. And we, ha- we would have prayer meetings. We would have tongues, interpretation. We had one guy come one night that was filled with a, not a good spirit. And he actually slithered on the floor. And I was a new saint, so it kind of was a little nerve-wracking. And uh, so they would, I'd get the Holy Ghost on me, and I'd go up, and I'd lay hands on that man, and I'd pray. And then it kind of leave, and I'd jump back. But, you know, we got him out of that. We, we prayed him through, and thank God. But we had some good services, you know. I had a good, good somebody good to look up to because my family wasn't in church at the time, but I had Grandpa Purdue. And he was faithful, and he just kept going on and talking to me and helping me. The years people are in church doesn't matter. There is no seniority in serving God. There's not. How you are and how you do in this walk with the Lord is what you put into it. Do you put prayer into it? Do you read the word? Do you fast? Do you get to church? That's what gets you built up in a mature Christian. What? I can't read my writing. Is your, (laughs) okay. What matters, there it is, is your prayer life. If you are easily hurt, easily offended, missing services when you could come not when you have to work that's fine or sick not worshiping picking at the ministry that's a biggie you are not praying enough you're not you know when someone comes up and says so and so said this to me I don't want to hear it for one thing and another thing when someone says something and you think were they trying to hurt me you ought to think that's my sister that's my brother, and they would not hurt me. They did not mean what it came out as. You know, all my life, I've not been good at explaining myself. My poor mother was always calling my friends and saying, Laura May meant this. She didn't mean this. You know, it's okay. And that's the truth, even to my husband when we got married. She was always saying, well, she didn't mean that. It's okay. Did you? (laughs) Oh. Those weeds have gotten rooted deep around you if you're getting offended. That's what we're teaching right now, the bait of Satan. And the bait of Satan is offense. That's a big deal. God speaks of it all through the Bible. I did not realize that until all the scriptures came through in our lesson, the bait of Satan. But I was going to speak on that, on offense. But the Lord spoke and said, the spirit of offense has gone from the church. But you need to tell them how to keep it from them. You need to tell people. And, and as you are bound with strongholds, which prayer would have kept away, these things will get a hold of you. Prayer changes things. Prayer brings healing emotionally and physical. You know, my eye was healed. I was so amazed, you know, that I could not see during church camp. I had no vision hardly in this eye at all with my glasses. And I just thought, I'm going on to church camp because God kept telling us, you know, go forward. Keep to the race. Keep going. So I thought, well, we'll go. And I was in my camper, and my eye was just pounding. And I said, God, you know, I came 
And if, if something's going to happen to my eye, it's okay because I got one good eye. And I'll be all right. Went to service that night, and they called the ministers and wives to come up front. And I didn't go for healing. I went. Well, I might have went for emotional healing because I was really hurt during that time. And I got up there, and I've never got such a blessing in all my life. God shook me, and I remember thinking, if I go out, this is cement. I don't want to fall out on this cement. But I didn't, but oh, he shook me. And I got back to my seat, and I thought, I can see. And so all service, I kept going, oh, I can see. So then I got to the camper. I didn't tell anybody, and I told my husband, I said, I got healed. And it wasn't perfect but the healing came slowly. It wasn't a miracle. There's a difference. A miracle is fast. Healing is slow. So I could see people. And then the next day, all day, everybody saw me going like this. They probably thought I was crazy. But we had a service that night, and the Lord said, if you don't tell it, you don't believe it. So I went up to Sister Gill, and I just said, God healed my eye. She goes, oh. So I see her go up to Brother Gill, and he stops the whole service. And he tells about my eye. And I, have to, I go up. And I'm not a person that likes to be up here. You know, I love you all, but I don't like up here. But he's, he made me testify there at camp. And then I thought, oh, gosh, what if I get back and it goes away? What if I can't see? You know, but I all camp. I kept doing this. And, and it, now it's perfect. I kept my appointment. Thank you, Jesus. It amazes me. I always feel God can heal everybody but me. I always feel God, he can bless everybody but me. I, I guess I have faith like Brother, um, oh, what was his name? Um, Wilson. Brother Wilson, he taught on or preached on having faith but not believing. I have faith, but I just don't believe it can happen to me. But I, I kept my appointment at the retina specialist because the, the, the eye doctor, he was amazed. He thought something bad was wrong with my eye. So I went on, and I could read the very bottom of the chart with my glasses. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank God. You know, I, I, have, I battle skin cancer, and I was thinking this. I thought, Lord, you healed my eye. Why aren't you healing my skin? And the Lord said, well, you pretty much did that to yourself. You know, I did. As a young girl, I, I, I would lay out in the sun, and I damaged my skin. But he keeps me from having a lot of bad things happen with it. But I still have to, you know, battle it all the time. But I'm thankful to have two good eyes. You know, God is so good. Well, in Romans 12, 12, it says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. And we, you know how to be instant in prayer. Pray daily. Keep that Holy Ghost full. Years ago, we did a prayer walk. I think, Chandra, was you in that, the prayer journey? Um, it showed the steps of prayer. We had rooms built up for different, like one was worship, one was repentance, and we would have somebody in those rooms, and we would walk through them, and we would pray and do whatever the room said. In the room that said worship, that is loving your Savior, Jesus. In the one that said repentance, asking God to forgive of your sins supplication making your requests known to God intercession becoming a mediator between God and man you pray for others who may not be able to pray for themselves 
or too sick, too caught up in sin. For years, I did that for my daughter. My daughter was, at a young age, just backslid bad and got into drugs and ended up a heroin addict. And you talk about praying. That taught me to pray more than anything in the world because there would be moments when I would just get panicked, you know, just, God, she's somewhere dead, you know. You, would, you just feel it. And I'd get up in the night, and God would give me words in the Bible to, to ease me. It was like a soothing ointment to my soul. When I would read, I know God gave me those words. I've got them marked all through my Bible, you know. One of them was, your children are my children, you know. I, and he would say, I love her too. And it said, in another room was pray the word. We used actual scriptures when we were doing this from the Bible as prayer. Because we are fighting the devil with our sword. When people go through things in their homes or they have an unsaved you know, husband or wife or children, I say print out verses. Put them up on your mirrors. Put them in your kitchen, on your refrigerator. And read those words. Read those words and know that God's word is true. Whatever God gives you, he's going to do. He told me one time that he would answer my prayer, and it took 30 years, but he did. You know, and I, I, one time I almost gave up because she had been through a terrible thing. She had been, um, it was just a bad, it was stabbings, and it was a mess with some people. And uh, she went to jail, and I almost, and the Lord said, don't give up. I'm still working. I'm still going to bring her in. I'm still going to save her. And then the other one is Thanksgiving. One of the rooms was Thanksgiving. Praying with appreciation and gratitude. You need to pray like these. You can't just get down and say, God, I need this. God, I want this. I'm so tired. Help me, Lord. You know, love the Lord. Talk to him like he's there with you. And seven is silent meditation. Think about God and listen for his direction. That still, quiet, quiet voice. My son Matthew, one time, he told me, it always stuck with me. He said, Mama, I was downstairs praying, and I was just praying, praying, praying. And then the Lord said, be still. Listen. I want to tell you something. You know, he, so he said, I got still. And the Lord spoke to me, and it was amazing. Sometimes we need to just listen to the Lord. And number eight is my thing, praise. Thanking him and worship. The God taught me praise from the very beginning. I loved praising the Lord. When I was, uh, I had Matthew, we were all young women at Brother Howard's church, and we would go in the nursery with our babies because they were loud and crying and was, you know, rough. But we would have church amongst ourselves, and we would start talking about the Lord. And one night, we started feeling the Lord, and I said, I need to run. <laughs> and, and this Jerry, Sister Jerry said, well, run. So I ran out into the sanctuary, and Brother Howard was teaching Bible study, and Jerry come behind me, and we just, the whole church erupted. You know, you might be that spark to get the church going, you know? Hallelujah. If you are praying and talking to God daily, no matter what goes on in your life, you will still, you will still be able to worship and praise. It may not be the easiest thing to do, but you push through. Praise is when everything is going good. You're happy, your world's right, but worship is an extreme form of love, an unquestioning devotion. 
If you worship God, then you love God. God is so much more than what we think he is. Don't question him. When you worship, you're not questioning what he's doing in your life. You're just trusting him and praising him and loving him. And you know that anointing will come over you and take away that grief that you feel in your heart or that sadness or that pain. I have, I have come in here grieved and sobbed and ended up laughing in the spirit. That's one thing I can say about Sister Rose. When God blesses her, he blesses her with laughter because that little sweet lady needs that laughter. Thank you, Jesus. My sister goes to another church, and she came here for a while, but a church opened up in Newcastle where my son was, and she went there, and she said, Sis, I want you to laugh in the spirit, and I get drunk, and all those people look at me like I'm crazy because there's no older ones. We need to keep that. We need to keep that spirit, getting drunk in the spirit, laughing in the spirit. And worship is praising with your whole heart. Even in positions of despair, disappointment, or confusion, you still praise from the depths of your heart. In Psalms 104 through 5, it says, Enter his courts with praise, give thanks to him, and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through generations. What is the power of worshiping God? The worshiper allows the Holy Ghost to move within their hearts, tearing down strongholds, getting those weeds out. It clears our minds of things in the world, pressures, conflict, etc. This world isn't an easy place to be. There's so many things surrounding us, but we can, the secret ingredient is prayer and praise. I'm going to end on this teaching with a very familiar verse, and we have it in the prayer room, I think, 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, we're his people, who are called by my name, Jesus, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, hallelujah, and I will forgive their sin, thank you, Jesus, and heal their land. Church, we all need our land healed. Our sins forgiven. There's not one person here that's perfect. We all strive to be like Jesus. And I believe that only is possible through prayer and praise. Jesus knows what we need. He just wants to hear you say it. Just talk to him. Thank you. You can stand. Jesus. Well, the Lord got me through. Thank you, Lord. You guys can take a little minute. I went over a little. I was afraid I wouldn't go long enough. You can go take a break, intermission, whatever. <laughs>